Hello, elegant listeners, and welcome to Go! My Favorite Sports Team. It's me, Tyler, here with Mark. We're going to talk about sports and fill your ear holes with knowledge. Yes, well, one of us is. The other doesn't know sports very good, but does know a lot about life and apparently electric motors. Can we talk about electric motors for another 60 minutes again? Because that was very fun. (laughs) All right, so in the world of DC and AC... So, Mark, hmm? today we're going to dive into childhood. Not ours this time, but other people's. We're going to dive into other people's childhoods? Not not like physically. Oh, this sounds so wrong. Yeah, this it does, man. Intention. It does. What's wrong with no, you? No, we're, we're going to be talking about youth sports. Oh, okay. But before we get into that. A word from our sponsor, us. We have merch. Go buy it. Store.gmfst.com. You can also finger sports. We all finger sports. Woo! Foam finger sports. We spay, we finger, uh, go ahead. Oh. Sponsorship over. Sponsorship's over? For now. Okay. I, I thought you were going to cost me more. No, no, no. <laughs> Subreddit no. is not ready for that. We, right now, our editor is out, so we had to record this episode sequentially, um, one after another. Sorry, I'm spoiling everything for everybody. That's oh. why we don't have urgent up-to-the-date sport news. Is That's Because true. we have to pile it up so that our editor can have a nice vacation and go have a lovely day. Thank you, Will, for all that you do. Yes. We miss you. I hope you are enjoying your time away. So I don't have anything to accost you, but I can imagine. I'll imagine it. Here's right, what I imagine. The, the absorb from the universe. When the electric motor episode is like Tyler why would you let Mark talk about electricity for a long long time I didn't know anything about sport related to that episode what is going on well sports require lights they use electricity sports require TVs (laughs) to watch them on nowadays so that requires electricity that's a good point I'll (laughs) shut up now (laughs) I'm the one liked when Mark talked about electricity for a long time. I enjoyed the confusion of the electrons and anodes. I like that. I like science. Hey, no, I get to make fun of the voices of the audience. You don't get to do that. It sounds innocent and playful when I do it. It sounds wrong and accusatory when you do it. I guess because I'm always serious and yeah, very judgy. Yeah. Stone-faced Tyler that he is. But... Mark, going into youth sports, you wrestled. You've done some semblance of play as a kid, as we found out in your youth episode, childhood of sport yes. knowledge, Mark's sport this, life. Why are you saying this so I, awkward? My brain like, is just, breaking. Just I'm just chopping up. normally. Okay. You did sports when you were a young kid. Yeah. And we learned about in Mark's <laughs> yeah. sports life episode. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What youth sports do you think is the most prevalent in the United States? Not in the world, because in the world, soccer is obviously the number one sport in the world, so that's going to be the most prevalent. In the United States. Uh, and we're talking age like 3 to 17 is considered youth sports. According All of that is youth? According um, to this research. I would say probably in America, in the U.S. Yes. of America, um, football, Americano. All right. Is that wrong? That is not correct. Uh, um, Running. I don't know. Are you trying to, is this a trick question? Like, is it a very open-ended, like everyone runs? What is it? No, no. No, it's not okay. open-ended. So the most popular... Electric motorcycles. <laughs> oh, those three-year-olds are on their electric I mean, mobiles. Honestly, Super 73 is making a child-sized bike for, uh, what do they call it, like, um, like baby's first 
uh, baby's first bicycle motorcycle. It's not. It doesn't have pedals, so I don't think it's, it's baby's first motorcycle. It's pretty much baby's first motorcycle. <laughs> not, not lying. Uh, hang on, I gotta go. I gotta look it up. It is it legitimately. It's it's kind of funny to look at it because it is just like a tiny tots uh, U series. Here we go. Little thing. <laughs> it's tiny. It's getting bigger. Does it grow with me? No, it doesn't. You'll have to buy one of the adult size ones. But look at that. It's like imagine if I had that as a kid. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. You remember when Razor scooters were like the massive hype? Like Scooty Doos. Yeah. Scooty Doos. Did Man. anyone else call them Scooty Doos? Apparently, I'm alone in that. Yeah, I think you are. Well, anyway, the ten most popular youth sports in the United States. Ten. According- you asked me one. Yeah, I wanted you to see if you could get the top one, and you failed. Well, see, everything you say sounds accusatory and judgmental. (laughs) I feel bad. According to EngageSports.com sports participation research data, Uh the number one youth sport in the United States is basketball. Really? Yeah, I was really surprised by this, primarily because... Um, Weird that you went on a top 10 list number one first. That really doesn't bait people. Oh, you it. want me to go the opposite direction? Yeah, we'll, we'll rewind this. Rewind this. Go, go All right. 10 first. Number 10 uh-huh. is softball. Okay, I could see that. It's not everybody. People probably do baseball before they did softball. Right, but this is obviously looking at both boys and girls. Okay, okay. okay. So softball is number 10. Okay. Number nine is touch football or flag football. Is that differentiated from normal football? Yes, because there's that's tackle football. Ah, uh, okay. It's okay. basically you you are grabbing a flag Which and is it's not good, as violent. Because I don't think kids should be slamming into each other. I completely agree. Especially with the height discrepancies of like kids growing at different rates. And the sizes, yeah. There's like some six foot ten year olds out there that just would clobber a little kid. Well, and then think about concussions when your brain is still developing and no stuff way, like that. No so, way. Yeah. Number eight is indoor soccer. Indoor soccer. Okay, I can see this because of gymnasiums and schools and like indoor soccer would occur a lot more. Right, but most of the stuff is like clubs as well. And Inner cities, like they don't have yeah. fields, you know. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Number seven is track and field. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that they got started that soon. Yeah, so... Uh, well, youth... Uh, up yeah, to this is right. I keep which to that. me, it's really weird because that's how they do youth sports research. But to me, youth sports is like I, I would say before high school, so it's like up to age what thirteen. Yeah, is what it should be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my thought process. Apparently, that's not how data analysts see it. You but. fool! You fools! You damned fool! You're skewing what I wanted to know in the direction I didn't want to know. All right, what's number uh, six, seven? <laughs> oh, you okay? Oh God! Oh no! No! Do not go into the light. <laughs> Stay with me. Number six is volleyball. Volleyball. Okay. All right. Volleyball. Which which is weird. Oh, again, I have to remember. It's like seventeen and under. That, that, yeah. Excuse my. I I'm imagining this is little kids. Like, that, that's oh, a, oh. That, just picture this always as little kids. Okay. So, they're, <laughs> they're not gonna jump that high. That net's the, way too tall. The net is lower. Yeah, whatever. But I mean, obviously, if you have enough of this, what ends up happening as they grow up, a lot of people fall out of sports and otherwise and join sports. So it's it's skewed in certain ways, um, yeah. depending on age groups. But okay. I unfortunately don't have the full breakdown of their research, which is really sad. Number five is gymnastics. You know, okay. Ethan grew up doing gymnastics. I could see that. it's really fascinating because it's not as prevalent when you get into later years. That one really I do see though as like a young kid thing. Yeah, and I think it's 
great for young kids because working on joint mobility, motor skills that you yeah. learn in gymnastics, just bodily awareness. Yeah, exactly. Like mm -hmm. gymnastics has so many benefits as far as learning those motor skills and that awareness. It also ties into, I think, the kid's natural play style of run around and jump off of things. Well, yeah, and it's as we learn motor Parkour skills. Parkour for babies! Oh, baby core! Baby core! <laughs> <laughs> death metal band. If you feel like you listen to Baby Core yet. That was very funny. Anyway, sorry. The funniest part is after I said it, instead of picturing babies doing parkour, I pictured people parkouring across babies. They just stack up babies. You're in a park. There's like a lady with a stroller walking down the path. You're like, oh, Baby Core. Step on him and jump on. <laughs> no, you go to a hospital and the then the the wing with the babies. You see, you start. The eternity war. Your face is up against the window. You're sweating profusely. <sighs> I can do some sweet tricks off of those babies. <laughs> Look at their soft head. <laughs> really elastic brains right now. <laughs> oh my god. They uh. just are fully relaxed all the time, so they won't feel a thing. Oh, they won't feel a thing. All right. <laughs> but I'll feel something. I'll feel something. <laughs> do sick trick. Do trick. Double baby flip. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, anyway. All right, what were we talking about? <laughs> no, but gymnastics is great for learning bodily awareness, motor skills. Like, mm -hmm. it's it's basically how we learn as babies anyway. It's yeah, like yeah. you crawl before you walk. Mm -hmm. And as you walk, you're learning how to do balance and stuff like that. And gymnastics is great for that. Mm, gotcha, and then you... Gotcha. I mean, think about it. Like, I grew up trying to climb trees. We had trees, so we climbed stuff. You climbed your basketball hoop. I like, did. I climbed my uh, my playhouse in the back. What are those called? Play uh, playset. Playsets. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, playset. Jumped off of that all the time. Climbed up and down it. Yeah. yeah. So that's just basic learning, anyways. Mm -hmm. Gymnastics. So gymnastics being a great sport to start out with, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Number four is tackle football. That's higher than flag or touch but you gotta yeah but you gotta remember too that's skewed because it's up to age 17 but from my experience when i officiated in colorado when i was in grad school there were so many tackle football teams you gotta remember it's america's favorite sport yeah kids true, grow up watching it they love everything about it the violence the physical nature the strength like it's championed so hard that it doesn't surprise me that a lot of parents get their kids into tackle football early man that just seems too much though like too young like brains they're they're meant to not take a hit you don't want to do that but i i get it it's it is that thing i just think protecting well here's the thing and this this is inserting my opinion i grew up playing backyard tackle football no pads oh fun so you learned how to tackle to where you're not using your head or throwing your shoulder like thousands of miles per hour into somebody because you're going to break your your uh look if, if, if a child is going thousand miles per hour i think there's a whole <laughs> different conversation to be that's had. baby core 2.0 that's, <laughs> that's a baby superpower program that's that's another issue but yeah i i'm big proponent about safety like call me a safety nut nerd whatever i don't care i ride my bike with a full face helmet if you injure your brain there's 
very little that you can do to come back from Or your that. spinal column. Or your spinal column. Like your entire nervous system. That is, I consider that an extension of the brain. Your spine, not enough people take care of these things. Not enough people like do enough to support these things or protect themselves. Like it's essential, especially when you're growing up. But I, I honestly think the easiest way to increase safety for tackle football yeah. is to take away the pads. Interesting. Because they're not going to feel invincible with the, like, because that's what pads do. They think they can go as hard and as fast as they can and just deliver a massive blow and not feel the consequences. Right. If you remove them, people learn to tackle differently. That's why rugby does not have nearly as many concussions as American football does. You're right. I was going to ask that because I do know the rugby, um, it's no pads and they look like they're hitting each other pretty oh, yeah. hard. But I guess you're right. If people didn't feel that invincibility it's kind of like the concept of when you get in a car yep you feel invincible therefore you feel like this aggression that's where road rage comes from a lot is like you there's a separation it's like two dogs barking at each other between like a glass door and then when the glass door gets open they stop barking right because they're yeah. like oh shit it's why i when i'm on my bike going 35 i feel in incredible danger where i'm in my car going 80 like i don't feel nearly as in danger and when you feel that fear and in danger Mm-hmm. You're more aware, more alert, and more cautious. Uh, that's a good point. I don't have any data to back that up, but I, I like it makes sense what you're saying because humans naturally have like a safety protocol built in. Like even if you are not aware of it, you your body is aware of its own limits. Stand on a third story building and look over the edge, and you you feel like this is a bad fall, no good fall here. Like because your brain knows I am X height above this, I die if I hit ground. It's self preservation. Self preservation. You have strong instincts. Yeah. So yeah, that that does make a lot of sense. It's kind so, of like the misconception of when you're building highways. It's not more lanes doesn't fix the problem. Right. More pads doesn't necessarily fix the problem, right? Mm-hmm. I see. I see. It's bike paths. Build more bike paths. Build more bus lanes. Uh, invest in public transit to make it a much better. And then, wow, you have less traffic problems and a better connected city. And honestly, better city planning to where you're not separating residences from jobs, having them. Collaborative. How do I start campaigning for bike lanes? How do I where? What city hall do I go? Run for uh, city representative. Without that, whose door do I knock on with all of my audience and be like, more bike lanes? You could do an online petition. Well, like, that's lame. <laughs> <laughs> you want to you want to instigate a mob and march yeah, and well, protest? It's gonna be awful because like you imagine I get people together and they're like, oh, "We're gonna fight for our rights," and they're like, "Yeah, and like we want higher wages." Yeah, also bike lanes, and I'm shouting at the front like, ah, "They're and all." And half they of all the signs are like, "I love Markiplier." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone there think we're gonna fight for a noble cause, but it's not me being bah, 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 bike lanes. lanes. I don't know. I just feel very passionate about bike lanes right now. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I got sidetracked. Number three. Right. And this margin is significant between. All of these have been within like 500,000 people as far as participation goes. Okay. This has above tackle football, three million more participants. Three million more kids, youth participants? Correct. Number three is baseball. By that much? Yeah. It is America's pastime. Or and so it, they say. and the, the crazier part to me is a baseball team has less players than a football team. Huh. You need 11 people to field a team and tackle football. There is seven on seven football. I know that exists. But baseball, you only need nine. Huh. Yeah. And usually you don't even have that many. It's usually who's ever in the neighborhood, right? But it's also one of those that's great for learning how to like use an, an element that's like an extension of your body with a bat and a glove. Huh. 
So it, it creates an additional body awareness in the sense that you are using a tool as a part of the sport. Okay, interesting. Yeah, tool-based sports like tennis and baby core. <laughs> baby is in my hands and on my feet. I got baby these babies core. on grappling hooks. <laughs> <laughs> baby chucks. Baby chucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a whole slew of baby-powered sports that we have That's not BMA, explored. That's BMA, baby martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> what about BMX, baby motocross? <laughs> <laughs> it's all baby-powered, and you have them just crawling in a little <laughs> wheel. <laughs> Go faster, baby! If you think about it, Monsters, Inc. is baby-powered city. That's true. So, I don't have a conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, so things can be baby powered. <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> All, All right. right. Number two. Okay. Outdoor soccer. That makes sense. In America, though. In Correct. the U.S.? Yeah. Wow. So it's picking up in popularity. Now, if you combine indoor and outdoor soccer, it could very well be number one. Wow. The icons that it uses to represent 500,000 people would be equal, but I don't know the exact number of which one would be higher. Okay. But I because mean, they separated them. That's just like it shows the popularity of that in terms yeah. of the world. Like the in the world, it's soccer by an enormous margin. Well, and also, it's also one of those that's great for motor skills because you're learning eye-foot coordination. Yeah. It adds the element of, like, kicking and running and everything together to where, you know, you have a team and you're doing This soccer. could be us. <gasps> Mark showed me a picture of us on a tandem electric bike. Well, not it's not us, us now. But, but it will be us. It you will know, be. It could be if we have... Uh, anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely paying attention to what you're saying. <laughs> Sorry, we had that electric motor episode, and now Mark's just focused on what is new and electric now. No, there's nothing new and electric now. Nothing. And then finally at number one is basketball. Uh, I'd almost forgotten. See how much more exciting it would have been if you had left that alone? Yeah. If you would see. Yeah. Now now you'll understand why they do the 10, 9, 8. Yeah, exactly. You know, we'll just bleep the whole, I'll say number one, and you bleep it out, and then we do the whole. No, no, no. You leave it in. You leave it in. But basketball is also interesting because it's learning how to like throw through a specific target, like shooting. Mm, okay. You also have to learn how to defend against another person. So you're still using a lot of motor skills, eye-hand coordination, eye-foot coordination, teamwork with passing. There's a lot of different elements of basketball. So it's just a really popular sport. It's probably, if I were to guess in the world, probably the second most popular sport. Mm, okay. and this is my prediction. I'm not certain on it. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of like China is uh, big into basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some of the like Spain, Lithuania, like a lot of the, a lot of European countries are big into basketball. You know so. where it's big that you would probably be surprised? North Korea. Really? Yes. There is a documentary about how the Harlem Globetrotters actually trotted the globe and went to North Korea as a special invitation from. Kim Jong-un. Well, that's also really particular because wasn't there like Russia? You showed me that video of exactly. how the, the Magic Johnson versus Larry Bird, like mm-hmm. Lakers versus Celtics championship yeah. game really emboldened the fall of the Soviet Union. Yeah. And and let's not like say anything like that's explicitly the same reason, but a lot of what came out of that, and if you haven't seen it, it's it's a very good video. It was talking about someone who makes YouTube videos in Russia right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about his child and watching these things. And before that, they didn't have anything of entertainment value. 
it was like very much news and TV, like in America in the 1940s or whatever. Well, and all they knew about America in general is what they were told. Exactly. Yeah. Information was controlled. But then they get this broadcast with all of the commercials, with all of the music, the crowds cheering. And comparative to how basketball was played in Russia, it was a completely different experience with slam dunks. You should watch this video. I forget what the name of it is. Um, I'm sure someone on the subreddit can find it and post it. But it really told the story of how basketball and seeing what it could be in this glimpse, this window into the world that the United States treats as normal, like sports, kind of gave them this view that the world was bigger than they were being told it was. And so that, it's not the main fall of why the Soviet Union fell. No, but, he, but this guy in particular thinks it was a huge spark in mm. the people recognizing the problems they were having yeah. and where to turn. Because really in any kind of like dictatorship or anything like that, or it's about controlling the information that the population has. It's why back in medieval days they didn't want to educate everyone because, oh, they're going to realize that they're in a terrible situation. And yeah, usually, I'm not saying it's perfect. There's always propaganda everywhere, wherever you go. Um, but one of the interesting things is just the fact that, hey... Sports United people. And North Korea was a similar story where, I mean, it's not like that's not going to spark the end of that regime. Right, but, right. But it was like all their life, and they talked about this in Korea, you know, from the time you grew up, is America is the devil, you know, they need to be defeated, they're a constant enemy. And yet, here come this basketball team of Americans that are playing, and they're all having a good time, and they're all showing, and they're communicating. Like, they actually sat down and had a dinner with Kim Jong-un, the team. Mm -hmm. This was like, uh, I believe this is 2012 or 2013, something like this. Maybe. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, but it, it was a big deal. And the documentary is like one of those haunting documentaries, which is like, you know, the all the fronts of North Korea where they put on a show like the city's great and everything's working when it's not really. But that aside was the kind of... Not, I don't want to say unity, but just like a little bit of hope of like, oh my God, you know, they can see that something is just for entertainment value. Um, they can have fun, you know, that not everyone's evil or whatever. I don't know. It's like that little glimmer of hope. I do kind of hold on to that. That is nice. I'm trying to find the date and I can't find it. It's all good. There's a news article from 2014. So I'm going to say 2013 or 2014. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know, all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com slash sports team. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
All right. So now that we've covered what's the most popular sports, youth sports. Okay. We go into act two. Uh-huh. And this is why youth sports are important, what they provide, what they're good for. Okay, I'm ready. So we already talked about motor skills. And sports are a great way to build reaction time, understand body awareness, your motor skills, everything along those lines. But there's so much more. There's so much more? Yes. So being in youth sports promote mental, emotional, and social health. Mm. All three of those things. If you ever heard the concept of like, if you're you're having like mental health issues and stuff like that, sometimes it can tie into physical health and how they're tied together because it's a holistic approach. Understanding yeah. that the body is an entire working... Mind-body connection. Yes. You're an organism. Mm -hmm. Everything is interconnected with each other. Mm -hmm. And so participating in sports is associated with lower rates of anxiety and depression, lower amounts of stress, because doing stuff with physical exercise is a release of stress. Mm -hmm. You're putting stressors on your body, but you are releasing a lot of that stress yeah. out. There's positive stressors. Correct. It's also associated with higher self-esteem and confidence. And by the way, this is all from studies done by the presidential, like this is all documented journals. There's 49 references on here, but it's developed by the Presidential Council on Sports Fitness and Nutrition Science Board. Okay, that sounds very official. Yes. If I didn't know any better, I'd say they know what they're talking about. Yeah, this is on health.gov. Okay. And yeah, there's a ton of articles that they're citing to. Has a reduced risk of suicide, which is tied in with the better mental health. Less substance abuse and fewer risky behaviors. Um, if you don't know, uh, sports are like, we've seen this in numerous stories in professional sports, where sports have been the way for people to get out of violent neighborhoods, to be as a part of a team and away from gang violence and stuff like mm. that. There are numerous stories out there about how sports create an escape from the harsh realities of where they live or where the environment that they're in. One would say it's probably better to invest in those communities and neighborhoods. A hundred percent. But yes, it is an escape out of those things. Correct. I absolutely think there, there are resources and there needs to be investment put back into the community to help that with social services and things along those lines to mm -hmm. where it helps give them greater opportunities. Increased creativity comes with sports, mm -hmm. which is fascinating to me because a lot of times people don't think of athletes as creative individuals. Uh -huh. But at the same time, you, if you think about like skateboarders like Tony Hawk or mm -hmm. snowboarders like Sean White, or uh, I mean, the amount of tricks that they invent and create. To, to extent, I would, I, would, I would question like where the comparison is made compared to what? Like more right. creative compared to chess uh, Maybe just where they were yeah it, it's it, like it's like uh for statistics there needs to be a a, a placebo right what is, what is a placebo in this case right Not i don't doubt that there's some creative sport people but i would i would be interested to see if if any other avenues like in encourage creativity Great enjoyment of physical activity because playing in sports is fun. That is true. Yeah, I, I, I'll give it that one. You don't need a placebo for that one. Yeah. Usually people <laughs> that do sports like physical activity. There's, there's no question about that. Uh, improved psychological and emotional well-being for individuals with disabilities. Hmm, Especially when you created like wheelchair sports and ac make sports more accessible for people that have other underlying conditions or other things that are, you know, pulling them in different directions. Hmm. Like, for example, me with my kidney disease and stuff like that, I found out I had it when I was two. 
Hmm. And I've always loved sport, and it worked in a way, I guess, kind of distracted me from it, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense. It's like being able to do something that you never thought you would be able to do. That is good. And increased life satisfaction. I don't know. These are all coming from studies cited in this. Uh But the way I think about it is like you're able to do something you couldn't do before. You're improving. Mm -hmm. And generally when you're improving and you see success or you overcome obstacles, you feel more satisfied. Yeah. I I, Again, it's like like what is the metric of comparison? Correct. But but then again, for the average person, like not everyone's going to win a Nobel Prize or anything like that. So the metric of satisfaction is really like personal goals that you're able to put in front of yourself and then tackle and maybe beat them and maybe exceed them. And so like I guess sports does kind of regularly put those things in front of you so i could see that yeah the other thing which is the most obvious is physical health sure yeah i Uh, mean unquestionable um you're talking about things from improved bone health improved weight status cardiovascular and muscular fitness and reduced risk of cancer and diabetes those are all very well studied with Mm -hmm. regards to just physical activity in general yeah and so when you have the opportunity to be in sport you're doing physical activity and you're having fun doing it so all those things tie in together into improving your health and a lot of people don't realize how much having stressors on your body from physical exercise is so important for bone health yeah there there's a there's like a big example there's probably a really nice poem about it but the idea is that if a tree is weathering a storm, it's flexing and swaying and yada yada. That's not making it weaker. That's making it stronger. Again, there's a really nice poem or something about that. But the idea is a tree grown without any wind. I think they, if you grew it in a dome where there was no wind, its roots would not be as strong. Your bones would not be as strong if you did not put pressure on them. Your body responds to pressure. It may not like it. It may feel uncomfortable, but your body grows because of those pressures you're putting it as a need isn't recreated. The most obvious and apparent one is your immune system. Your Mm -hmm. immune system gets stronger the more it's exposed to bacteria. That doesn't mean eject yourself with bacteria. Yeah, yeah, don't go eating dirt in the backyard. That's not good. But like if a child that grows up in a bubble where everything is sanitized and constantly cleaned and stuff like that will have a generally have a weaker immune system than a kid that goes out and experiences the world, hangs out and plays with people. Mm Mm-hmm you're going to get exposed to sickness and that strengthens your immune system. That's literally why we have vaccines. That's the development of it. Mm. We're exposing without the risk to then build your immune system to fight whatever that illness is. Yeah, the function of the thyroid in that, and I could go into more detail if you would like to. Go for it. Uh, like, So the thyroid is a kind of like an underutilized organ. It's blamed for a lot of problems, but um, really the thyroid is where your immune system is coming up with all the solutions with which to uh, destroy various illnesses that are attacking you. Every time you breathe in, and this is going to make hypochondriacs like lizard minds every time you breathe in you breathe in millions of bacteria and any kind of particulates uh, every drink of water has stuff in it yeah tyler's looking at his <laughs> big old water bottle um but your body has an engine in it kurtz Kasag has a great video about this that explains it in better detail than i'll give it but basically it has an engine that's able to come up with an answer to almost or maybe even any possible problem in terms of a bacteria or even like objects that it needs to get out of your body, particulates. This is why your body can get rid of almost anything so long as it doesn't kill you beforehand. Yeah. Is because of the incredible, incredible machinery that's going on inside your thyroid. The body's ability to adapt to the stressors that you put on it is literally what makes us so strong. 
Yeah, it's crazy. But also, again, don't go eating dirt because if you overwhelm your system before it can adapt, uh, you going to die. Yeah. That, that's why COVID was dangerous because your body did not have the tools to beat it and it attacks so quickly an area that was so incredibly vital to your health. Well, yeah, and your immune system, the way it triggered it, created an overreaction stimuli that causes mm. an inflammation problem which filled your lungs with fluid. And it's like compounding issues that create a bunch of different problems. Your, your body can do incredible things. But just in the way, the same way, you know, an alcohol wipe will kill 99.99% of all bacteria on a surface. But that point 0.1%. <laughs> yeah, that'll get you. It could. could yeah. By because it's really <laughs> resistant to the alcohol. It's really resistant. That's why, and I, I'm going to say this outright, antibiotic soap is a ploy. Yeah. If anything, it's causing more problems than helping. Mm-hmm. Regular soap does the job. If you've ever watched Mythbusters, they they went through and did the test. Mm-hmm. There are numerous tests to it. It is literally a marketing ploy. And it also, studies have started to show that it's more than likely creating superbugs because we're overusing antibiotics. So then they are adapting much like our body does and becoming resistant to it. Yes. Yeah. The thing about uh, these bugs, and this is getting off topic of a lot of things, is like what people have a misconception of what is actually happening with antibiotics and your body they go like well if i can beat anything why can't i beat this just give me those antibiotics it's like your body doesn't have the tool yet for that thing the antibiotics act as a buffer so that it can and and these things can and will overwhelm your immune system to render it unable to fight antibiotics will attack the bacteria directly so that it can fight back your body there is nothing that doctors or anyone in medicine does that is better than your body's ability to heal itself all they do is stitch you back together and put you in a place where your body can heal yourself it's why cancer is so dangerous it's literally your body revolting against you yeah and again nothing can kill something in your body better than your body. Well, and that's the most amazing thing to me is that most people don't realize that cancer is a naturally occurring thing in your body constantly and your body destroys it. Oh, yeah. Because it's literally as your cells replicate, mutations are going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like, that's bad, kill. Yeah. So then it doesn't replicate and become a problem. What ends up happening with cancer is it replicates and there's multiple different strands. One, it's harder to detect by your immune system because it's so closely related or it replicates too fast where your immune system can't recognize it and destroy it fast enough. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is why as you get older, cancer becomes more and more like of a risk. Yeah. So that that's also like ties into the thyroid is like your body is generating all these answers to problems. Like all these, they're called antibodies, but the, it's generating little puzzle pieces. But in your thyroid also is your own body's puzzle pieces. So it makes sure that whatever it makes won't kill your own body. Because yes, there are autoimmune diseases and your body can kill itself real quick. My mom had one, lupus. Yeah. There's tons of different types out there and it's literally the immune system going a little haywire. Allergic reactions are kind of a similar thing, but cancer can have the same identification markers, the same puzzle pieces as your body. And that's why your immune system might not be able to do anything about it. Well, and that's why I'm higher risk because I have a foreign body in my body. Mm -hmm. I have my brother's kidney in me because I needed a kidney transplant when I was 20. Yeah. And I have to take immunosuppressant drugs so that my immune system doesn't go that bad. We kill. Yeah, exactly. So Mm -hmm. that's why they have a, like a six out of six protein markers, which are like the matches the same pieces in your uh, on your cell surfaces are on that kidney so it's less likely yeah which is i'm so incredibly lucky that we match six out of six Mm -hmm. anyway getting back into the benefits of youth sports sports. there's also ties to educational and career success okay especially with team sports you improve your social skills and teamwork Mm. because you're able to understand that you can't do everything there is no one man team 
You can try. There's no one person that's going to be able to cover every position on a baseball field. There's mm-hmm. no one person that can throw a pass and catch it and score a touchdown with 11 people trying to tackle you. It's not going to happen. Has it never happened? It's never happened. No one's ever thrown to themselves and scored a touchdown. Well, th- that has happened. Ah! But it was <laughs> it happened in the NFL. Um, it was thrown. It was batted. And they caught it and scored a touchdown. That's I forget cool. which which quarterback it was. Off the oh, uh, Josh Allen did it. Sure, for the yeah, Buffalo I know Bills. him. Yeah. Mm. But okay, so again, I'm gonna just like just question it. Like that metric of like success and education compared to what I know a lot of jobs. You can learn about and- it in clubs and stuff like that. But there's there's a level of like we're talking about growing up right Uh, yeah sports generally is the most extracurricular activity that's available yeah like you can go to clubs and do other stuff but where are you going to work in an environment to the same degree as team sport Mm -hmm. to work together as a team yeah i i don't disagree the only reason i question is because i'm like i want to make sure that like it's all in the open because i fully believe it yeah because people vastly vastly underestimate developing social skills especially in early childhood development and like teen years all of this stuff the current high school is like a just a hellscape of maybe they'll do fine throw them in the pit especially with like social media like when we were in high school Facebook, I think our senior year became yeah. available to high school. It schoolers. was like MySpace, Zanga. Zanga. I mean, it was there, but it's not in the same. No, we didn't have the same. Like thing. Twitter was around kind of, but it was yeah. just like texts. The text concept, messaging. the concept of me making a post, let's say, on my Zanga and it blowing up in a million people seeing it was not possible. Yeah. That did not happen. That's not how it worked. It only worked through followers. There was no discoverability. It wasn't until Facebook and the news feed that things started to really become interconnected. So yeah, social skills, I would say it's for better and for worse because yes, they're like the the upcoming generation is like learning social skills by being on the internet, being aware of more things. But also it's like, it's internet social skills. Those yeah. are different. That's they Call of Duty different. lobby. Yeah. Like it's not- I like how that's everybody's go-to for like the toxic- <laughs> I like mean, voice chat is you know what I've been is. in a Call of Duty chat. I've been in there. I've heard what they say. I like, know what that's all about. Yeah, it, it distorts reality a little bit. I think that you're right because sports very physical thing. It does develop teamwork, even though if there is fighting, the social dynamics are still there. But the biggest part of that I didn't even get to, which is social responsibility. Mm, interesting. Because you are accountable to your teammates. It's one of the few things early in life, like other people experience it with their family and, and things along those lines. But when you're in sport, if you make a mistake, it hurts the team. It yeah. doesn't just hurt you, mm-hmm. but you you feel a responsibility to have to be able to perform so for the people around you. Yeah. And so you recognize that you have a responsibility to other people to improve or to practice or to be a part of it because the team is only as strong as its weakest link. That's a phrase that's said numerous times in sport constantly. Mm-hmm. It's even said in business. When it comes down to it, you have to grow together or else it doesn't work. This is probably the the point above all else that I agree with the most. I do think more than almost any other activity you could do when growing up, especially in the youth category of stuff, social responsibility is a very tricky thing to ingrain in people. But yes, in sports, it really does do that because you, if you want to be a part of it, which is part of the social dynamics of it, like if you want to succeed, if you want to win, or if you want to just like be there for your teammates in your school, it's a free-for-all, right? Yeah. Education is just like, 
like a solo thing. Oh, I got an A. I got a B. Unless you're in a group project was like once every quarter, maybe. You don't have these constant barrage of I need to be there every day. I need to make sure I train good enough. I need to make sure I practice. I need to make sure because people are counting on me. I carry the team on my back. You know? <laughs> yeah. Go to this. My leg broke. My leg broke, but I got to score. <laughs> I got to score. <laughs> Love that video. Um, <laughs> but you know, that, uh, that, that I would agree with. I would like to hear other suggestions of what could possibly teach more regularly, not better, because I bet there are better ways, but not more regularly than team sports. Well, and on top of that, what is a way to do it that it doesn't necessarily be like, oh, I'm just like studying it. It's like, it just becomes a thing. It's something I didn't realize, Mm -hmm. but I've always loved team sports. And I've had this conversation with you is like, I work better when I'm working to improve somebody else's stuff Mm. than I do sometimes motivating myself. Yeah. I mean, I think that's human nature. I, I really do think it is. No human is meant to live on their own. Have you watched Alone? I have yet to watch Alone. I've been I would told numerous highly times. recommend it. Great show, uh, but in this doesn't spoil anything. One of the people in the show said he was hungry, he was cold, he was kind of feeling tired, and he said to the camera, man, I don't know what's going on. If my wife was here, if my daughter was here, I would be unceasing in my pursuit of food because I would never want them to go hungry. But I'm here by myself, so my desire for food is less than my desire to sit here and do nothing. And yeah. it's like, it's it's crazy. It is that responsibility that you feel. And um, I think that, yeah, what you're saying is like the difference between your school organizes a volunteer event, you're going to clean up a highway. And it's like, if you do it, you get an extra credit. You don't really want to do it. You want it for the extra credit. Yeah. It's no one really is depending on you. That is social responsibility in like cleaning up your community, but you don't learn anything from it. You, right. you don't feel it. You don't have that need come from within, which is where all personal development comes from. No one externally is going to make you grow as a person. You choose to grow within yourself when you're confronted by things that challenge who you are. That is a universal thing for everybody. And how you face the challenges determine the person that you are. And I think like with sports, yes, it really is a question. And some people are like, I'm not cut out for this. And then they quit. And that's fine. That's not saying they're lesser. I mean, maybe physically fitness wise lesser, yeah. but these are the questions that we all have to ask ourselves and there are no right answers. But social responsibility is important because feeling the need to be there for your fellow human is important. Yep. There's also improved life skills that are associated with this, like especially time management, Mm. work ethic, Mm. empathy, Mm. negotiation. Mm. Those are all listed under here and goal setting. I don't know how negotiation comes in. Yeah, I'm not sure about negotiation. That was interesting. But um, like time management, obviously, because if you have to be at practice and you have the social responsibility to be there, then you still have to do homework. You still have to do all of that. My grades actually slipped when I had a break from sports. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I have all the time in the world. I go and do this. And then it's like, I need to go to bed. I can do my homework in the morning. And then I sleep too long. And then it's like, I don't do my homework. Whereas when I had sports, it was like, I had practice. I had a game. I have to do my homework now or it's not going to get done. And I just understand how to manage my time for the time that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, Work ethic as well, because like that's that social responsibility. Like if I don't put in this work, I'm going to hurt my team. Yeah. And if I don't put in this work, I'm going to fall behind. There's studies constantly. If you go to the gym by yourself, you push yourself. But if you go to gym with with just a friend, Mm -hmm. you work out 1.5 times harder on average when you have somebody else with you. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, how does that equate to if you make friends at the gym and you know the people there? You could do that. But a lot of times people don't do that Mm -hmm. because you go to the gym and it's like, I'm here to isolate and work. But when you have somebody else with you, you end up pushing each other. There's a weird, in your brain, it's the um, impression. I want to impress. Mm. 
So especially if you see somebody who is a potential sexual partner or romantic partner, that motivates you even more to push harder. Hmm. I mean, you've heard of all the stupid things people do for love, right? So Yeah. I mean, I haven't a, heard of all of it, I but, guess. <laughs> but uh, when you have that in front of you, you want to be at your best. So you push yourself even harder. Your body instinctually actually works and works to like do more when you're in that environment because of the natural animalistic instinct that exists mm -hmm. to be I am the alpha. That is truly a thing biologically. Maybe not for everybody. Not for course. everybody. Not but, for everybody. But, but that's why it's like 1.5 times uh, harder on average. Okay. You okay. Go there with somebody else. So you go to the gym with your potential sexual partner is the ideal workout condition. Yeah. Mm, interesting. So conversely by the transitive property if you analyze a segment of 100 people that you go pair off to the gym with the one you worked out the hardest with is the one your true love i never thought of it like that but that could yeah, i want I'm that here. to be a study now that's why i'm here that's a great study <laughs> some scientists take this and go study it yeah yeah all the scientists that listen to this podcast <laughs> hey sociologists could listen to it i think they tuned out at baby core <laughs> but baby core is such a good sport <laughs> <laughs> okay all right but but again like uh that that list of things before we got into this particular segment of it like the yeah there's other the stuff that can do it list. I, I again i'm like compared to what though it's it's the way that these studies work is it's comparing sports participation to non-sports petition generally because this is this is a summation of multiple different articles and multiple different studies mm -hmm. a lot of it is scientific journals that are cited in the bottom so i'm not reading the actual scientific journal i could go into really deep depth on each individual thing and do the entire scientific report and walk through it but that would take too long okay that's fair why um, do the research but there's also generally people that have been athletic in the past have higher levels of academic achievement. There's a correlation between sport involvement and academic achievement, mm -hmm. um, greater leadership qualities that are in there as well. The uh, Dan Tepe was the salutatorian. Yeah. He did football. Uh, who's the he wrestled? Um, who's the valedictorian? Uh, I think it was Shannon Majoris. Yeah. Shannon Majoris. Did she do any sports? She played water polo. There you go. And swam. It's proven. I mean, I would believe it because how many people went to high school and didn't do a sport? I would imagine it's a minority who didn't uh, do any sport like not even club or anything i would think it was probably a minority i think yeah. it was i think it's probably close to 50 50 i i bet it would be below because i'm trying to think of a single person i knew that didn't do anything like no marching band no wrestling oh, no so track and yeah, field any of the that, sport yeah, yeah 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 if we if we add in the things that like the athletic department might not have designated a sport yeah, yeah i would absolutely agree mm -hmm. it's gotta um, be below 50 percent. the other thing that's really interesting that i just discovered high school athletes are more likely to attend and graduate from a four-year college Oh, interesting. And whether that has any correlation to the fact that they could get scholarships for extracurriculars, because even if you don't get an athletic scholarship, you can get scholarships for extracurriculars. Yeah. But maybe it's just that they're better at dealing with failure and stress and work ethic and motivation. Like maybe there that has to do with a lot of it hmm. because they want to push. Because that's, that's the biggest thing that I've noticed in my life from people that I've met that were never in sports and not. Yeah. And this is my personal experience. They have a harder time dealing with failure. Or loss. Like, I've processed a lot of grief in my life. I've lost people in my life. And I've I've definitely had my shortcomings in a lot of different things. But I'm adapted from sport because you lose. You win some, you lose some. To And at Milford, you lost You some. lost a lot. Not water polo, though. Not water polo, no. Mm -hmm. But um, I learned to pick myself back up and 
you know, get back into the pool or get back on the field. Like you get knocked down, you get back up again. Mm-hmm. And some people that just have not experienced that and struggle so much more immensely with when things don't go right. Yeah. I think that, you know, everyone has different experiences in terms of loss. And I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I'm just predicting what people are hearing from this is like, it's, it, yeah, I get it. It's not just sport people that have experienced loss and like no. they haven't experienced more. What, what, what he's saying is just like, yes, it is Lo- losing a game in terms of the scale of problems when you are typically at that age is enormous. Remember, this is youth sports. Yeah. We're talking about when I was like seven. Yeah. Losing a balloon at age seven is the end of the world like, <laughs> to a seven-year-old. Yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, everything in perspective, and even if you scoff at it and, like, are like, oh, that's not really lost. I've been through shit. It's like, yes, it's all comparative, but getting that experience and knowing how to handle that in a mature way as soon as possible is important. Yeah, it's, it's why, like, you know, I don't get angry. Like, I'll get mad at myself if I screwed up and I ended up losing a game or something like that. But when I was a kid, I hated losing, and I still hate losing, but I would get mad. But I have learned over time, like, how to not have that, how to manifest those negative emotions and find a way to find a positive in it. And that's part of life. That's not necessarily sport that taught me that. But I I do think that sport going through, you know, your failures and your shortcomings and dealing with that helps you in general when things don't go your way in life. Yeah. I would agree with that. And it's it's in a minor level, but obviously everybody has different experiences in life and struggles with different things and different things that happen. And I'm not trying to nullify the other stuff. I'm just saying from yeah. my experience. Yeah. And then there's a huge thing with the economic and community impact because apparently there's a decrease in direct, indirect, and personal health care costs when you're involved in athletics. Mm-hmm. And injuries happen because that's the crazy thing is because athletics, injuries are going to happen. And those are going to cost, but because your general overall health is better, you're able to avoid some other underlying conditions that could potentially crop up, mm-hmm. whether that's high blood pressure or diabetes, for example. And sometimes diabetes obviously can be genetic and become something you can't avoid. But like being athletic and doing sports helps that, helps avoid some of those major risk factors for illnesses and stuff. Physical wellness also improves your immune system. And so that's that's a huge deal. And lifelong participation in sports. If you start at a younger age, you're more likely to be physically active into your later years and therefore healthier in your later years. Excuse me. Bless you. There's a high correlation of that. Mm-hmm. So like youth sport basically lays the groundwork for the rest of your life and gives you the tools that you may not otherwise have if you didn't do it. Yeah, I completely agree with all this. I think that, you know, I didn't do all that many sports, but I did sports and I did enjoy the social aspect of it, even if I was super awkward. I think a lot of people's negative stigmas towards sports in general come from negative experiences with people who do them. Yeah. You know, the bombastic people, the loud, like the, the egotistical, egotistical. The Here's people th- that bully. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, um, and this isn't going to fix anything. It's just like general advice for people out there, or if you're listening to this and you happen to be is in sports or anything, is like what I've learned in my life is leadership. True leadership is not about being the best. You can be the best and you can be a horrible leader. True leadership is about building up everyone around you, making them see their best. That's what leadership really is all about. And when it comes down to sports, just because you are good at what you do does not give you any kind of right, social or otherwise, to put yourself above others. Again, not what leaders do. Leaders raise everyone else around them. That's the more 
important thing to remember from it. And that's like what team is all about. When you are there for your team, the social responsibility for it, that's the biggest point I agree to is because you are not there to put yourself above the team. You are there to carry the team on your back. You got to pick your leg broke, but you got to go. Like that is what you raise each other up. And when everyone is looking out for everyone else to make sure that they are to the maximum of what they could be, everyone exceeds. A rising tide raises all ships. Like that. And what? It's not all the water goes to one ship. And sh- yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's the biggest thing. And just on a personal note, the state championship, we as a group were, were very skilled at water polo. We had one All-American on our team. The team we played against in the, the state final had two. Mm. Their whole set and another another player. Actually, I think their goalie was also a, 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 an All-American. So they had three. We had one, uh, Elliot Kiefer. Mm. He also was in the Olympic trials, placed third or fourth to make it to compete in breaststroke. Mm. So very athletic dude. Mm. Smaller than me, but extremely athletic. Mm. Um, and... The biggest thing is we had all basically grown up together in that pool. I joined sophomore year and was immediately brought in, but we were just so on the same page and so ready to not be the one that scored the winning goal. We didn't care who scored. Mm-hmm. We cared about winning the game. Yeah. Nobody looked at their individual stats. Nobody paid attention to anything along those lines. It was about the result of the game together. Mm. And so years and years of playing together and resulting in that amount of selflessness is truly what I think made us able to win the state championship. We played against teams that had better players, better individual players, but as a team working together, we came out on top. All right. I have thumbs up. (laughs) I agree. I don't really have any point to add on to that. So I'm just going to say thumbs up. That's great. And I think it's a pure example of like what being there for your fellow teammates is all about. And it extends beyond sports to your school. You can't look around at everything around you and go like everything's a shithole and then do nothing about it. Like everything is connected. All people are connected outside sport, inside sport. It's about reaching out and just doing one thing to help the world around you. That's all you need to do. You don't need to carry the whole world on your shoulders. That's not the weight that you need to carry. It's doing more than just you for yourself. That's the only way people survive as a whole. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist-recommended facial moisturizer brand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. 
Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. I'll just quickly go through Act okay, 3. Okay. The problems in youth sport. Okay, all right. Because we talked about all the good things. We need to get into the problems. Okay. And the number five. Mm-hmm. Kids are quitting too soon. Mm. So they're not able to get the full result and what's needed to really build those skills. Research shows that 50% of kids quit youth sports by age 11 and 70% end up quitting by age 13. And whether that's they just get interested in other stuff, whether it's video games, whether it's life, it's a problem. And it's likely due to high burnout because there's another problem that is number four called early specialization, which means they're being forced into one sport that they showcase that they're good at. And it's like, you're now a basketball player or you're now a baseball pitcher. Mm -hmm. And that results in burnout just mentally because you're only doing one thing, but physical burnout. There's an increase in injuries. There's an increase in just like body disposition and discomfort because you have muscle imbalances. Things get thrown off. And so all of those things factor into the fact and then the parents pressure to be like, you're going to be the best at this. So early specialization pressure, a massive reason why kids burn out and are quitting, but it's also a massive reason why there's a problem in it because they're like, you're going to be the professional. And that should not be the factor in youth sports. It should be about improving your motor skills. Mm -hmm. Number three, especially in the United States, it's too expensive. Everything is going up in price to have trained coaches, to have officiating facilities, uh, everything involved in sport and especially particular sports like football and lacrosse and other sports that require extensive amounts of equipment is becoming more expensive. And so all these clubs are existing. And so it's which then results in if kids are going to the clubs because it's like, oh, it's more expensive. All of a sudden, the, the lower programs disappear because they're not getting the participation they need to exist. And so there, there's a twofold problem there. And that also then pushes people away from sports because they simply can't afford it. And really, sports should just be accessible for everybody and fun. Mm-hmm. Number two, too much stress and not enough fun. Too much focus on winning and not about just improving and, and being a part of something that's a collaborative effort and just enjoyment, making it fun for kids. You know, that particular point, I can hear all of these like baseball dads being like, we're raising these kids to be sissies. We're teaching them participation trophies and now they're turning them into losers, you know? Well, I mean, I'm a proponent against participation trophies, but that's on a different regard. You didn't say it in the accent. I'm a proponent of (laughs) participation trophies. Now they don't deserve damn things. Yeah, yeah. The the mentality, like, if you're not winning, you're losing. The ninja tweet that he made, like, oh, people lost If you're not getting angry when you lose, then you don't care enough. It's like, no, you can care, but you can also just enjoy the fact that you're able to play the game. Mm -hmm. Okay, gotcha. So what's the difference between that and the participation trophy? I'll get into that. That's a different thing. Future episode, participation trophies. Um, A lot of times it's not playing with friends, lack of free play, Mm -hmm. which is just like, you know, in practice, it's so like you're not able to just go around and shoot hoops, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Other over-involved parents, you know that episode? we had uh sports parents yeah yeah big problem big problem as to why it's too much stress for kids Mm -hmm. but the biggest one and this is something i complain about in college is lack of playing time 
Everybody ah. needs to be able to play. Don't just play the best players because they're the best because winning isn't everything. Yeah. You need to give kids the opportunity to play, whether they're good, whether they're bad, who cares? Yeah. Whether one te- person's better than the other, you want to give them the skills and you want to make everybody have fun. It should not be about winning when you are just developing. No. Winning can matter, but don't make it the number one thing. Mm-hmm. And the number one ties into this. Okay. The wrong goals. I thought that previous one was the number one. You kind of said it was like the biggest thing. No, it's number two. The biggest Uh, thing for lack of playing time. But this is the biggest problem with youth sports. The wrong goals. It's about winning championships. It's not about learning. It's not about improving. There's too much pressure on the kids and everything. The wrong goals are put in in youth sports when really it should be about learning. It should be about fun. It should still have the implementation of you have to fail and understand failing to improve. Because that's that's a big problem I see in youth sports now is like, or I was listening to a different podcast. I forget what it was. But his daughter was playing baseball. But the coach didn't want to introduce them to failure, so they were playing without a ball. What? He would pretend to hit the ball to them, and they would field it and do a perfect double play or a perfect triple play. But they're not learning. But yeah, what that doesn't make any it, sense. Yeah. That's that literally makes no sense. So like there's a level where it needs to have the level of failure, but there also needs to be a level above what that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that's not teaching anything. They're not learning anything. They're not doing anything. <laughs> They're not doing anything. It's They're like role playing baseball. <laughs> which is fine if you roll your dice. You fail in D D yeah, when you roll yeah, you're that right, one. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Even that's more uh interesting. So you need to get the goals right. It needs to be out improving. It needs to be about the motor skills. It needs to be about fun Hmm. because that's how you're going to get kids to improve. That's how you're going to get kids to enjoy it. That's how you're going to get kids to stick around and stick with sports because that's the biggest thing that I was lucky to have in my life is that every time I played a sport, I had a friend, whether it was in wrestling with you, baseball with the neighborhood kids, football with Teppy, water polo with Thaxton. That's huge. And so Making it fun and not about winning is so important. Yep, that is what it should be. But humans have a habit of taking things too far. And that's also something that people need to control within themselves. Yeah, don't be too serious. Yeah. You don't make it out of life alive anyway. It's a good point. And we don't make it out of this episode alive either. So uh, the spike <laughs> trap in the ceiling will no! slowly ah! descend on us. It's a few minutes before we're oh, crushed. Okay. Good. So uh, thank you for this enlightening discussion about the, the sports of youths. Yeah. I mean, youth sports is how we uh, we met. So, you know, I think it's important that people understand that whether they have kids or in their future want to maybe consider youth sport and pay attention to what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. So the advice is, you know, let them fly. Don't hover around. Um, Make sure they lose a lot. That's important. Make sure Uh, they are enlisted in baby core very early. Start them early. They need to be on both sides of the receiving and the doing of the baby (laughs) core. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much. This is very enlightening. No, no advice for me because I'm not a youth anymore. But maybe someone out there is. Yeah, and maybe they have their own kids that are in youth sports, and maybe they can push them in the right direction and not make them. And maybe we have the Discord sport. up now and this merch at store.gmfst.com and a YouTube channel is now up. Oh, there's so many things for you to enjoy. Uh, well, it's not really that much of a crisis. Though. 
Oh, sorry. Right. But there's uh, we're doing videos. We just did one earlier today, but probably already was posted of us of Tyler teaching me to throw a perfect spiral on a football. The improvement is notable. Thank like, you. Like it may not have been completely perfect, but it was very, very notable. Thank I don't you. think I can throw a perfect spiral and be completely. Well, honest. I don't think I can either. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I know what to do to get there, but yeah, that doesn't yeah, mean my yeah. body does it. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to check out cool videos and you have ideas for videos for us in the future, we will do the Butler video. We'll do the chauffeur video. Uh, we will get in all the videos and my, the chauffeur will be my bike. You squeeze up on it with me. Aww. <laughs> I, I thought it would be the tandem and you're just sitting on the bike as I'm pedaling. Wait, been, you're the, supposed to be the chauffeur. You uh, pedal and I sit in the back. Yeah, yeah. I'll be. I'll just have to pedal both of our fat asses around town. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. Okay, but thank you. We're out of time. Bye. All right, bud.